the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Freedom and the dignity of the individual have been more available and assured here than in any other place on earth. We're not, as some would have us believe, doomed to an inevitable decline. I do not believe in a fate that will fall on us no matter what we do. I do believe in a fate that will fall on us if we do nothing. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it, we will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is Always Right on AM 1420, The Answer. Here's your host, Bob France. Seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock, and we are rolling on this Friday edition, a snowy Friday edition. I'm always right. It's the 21st morning of the first month of the year of our Lord, 2022, and we appreciate you being with us today. Be careful on the roads. It's going to be a little slick out there. I heard the plows go by in the middle of the night, so that's good news. Uh, but a little bit of snow falling. It's northeast Ohio. It's what we do. It's going to be all good. Coming up on the program today, in about a half an hour, <clears throat> we're going to be talking with uh, Senate candidate Matt Dolan. Matt Dolan has a new ad out in which he is taking aim at China. It's actually kind of a perfect thing to take aim at right now as the uh, Beijing Genocide Olympics are getting uh, set to begin. Athletes are in Beijing right now or descending upon Beijing in order to compete in a whole bunch of snow snowman-making events. And uh, while they're making snowmen and angels, uh, people are being killed down the road. People are being killed, executed, raped, sterilized. The Muslim Uyghurs or Uyghur Muslims, if you will, um, are being victimized by a genocide. There is just no other way to say it. And no one seems to care. The owner or co-owner of the Golden State Warriors said it out loud. He said, nobody cares. Of all the things I care about, that's below my mark, he said. That's below my line. Nobody cares. It blows my mind that there is a race of people being wiped out, and, and people are just yawning. And as if, as if we didn't have these, uh, you know, these warnings from what we all—well, not we all—I wasn't alive for it, but historically we witnessed in 1939 through 1945. Like we have, if we haven't seen this game play out before, and we're just yawning. Yeah, that's all right. That's okay. And I'm not calling for, uh, you know, an armed invasion of China to save uh, the Uyghurs. 
But could we not buy Nike for a few years? Could we not support the NBA? Can we not support these Olympics? Can we not send a team to the Olympics? I think it's an important issue. We're talking about it with Matt Dolan. He's running for Senate. Coming up at uh, 1035, then, we're going to talk with Christina Hagen, as we do each and every Friday. She is our Friday commentator, and we've got a lot of very important things to discuss with her. I want to get the monologue started because i got a lot to say about it this morning. So let's go ahead and get our Pledge of Allegiance. Uh, If you would, patriots, please stand. Face a flag near you if you have one. If you don't, that's all right. But put your hand on your heart and join us for the recitation of our pledge to this wonderful republic. And uh, if you are a Biden voter... A Uyghur, um, how do we want to phrase that? If you don't care, I'll just phrase it that way. If you don't care about the genocide and the mass extermination of a people, if you continue to enjoy uh, watching, uh, buying your Nike products and watching the National Basketball Association as they continue to enrich the country that's killing those people, then you're probably more in tune with the famous ex-quarterback who kneels for the national anthem or for the flag. So why don't you go ahead and take your knee while the rest of us stand proud. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. All right, this is going to be a little bit difficult here to follow, but I want you to give me your level best as I try to present this to you. I'm not going to start with Joe Biden today. I'm not going to start with any of the stuff about voting. Uh, I will talk about those things because it's free-for-all Friday, so there's going to be a lot of topics covered today. But I'm going to start with this and probably wouldn't if it was in Pennsylvania or Missouri or anywhere else, but it's in Ohio, so I'm going to start with this. This is something I think we can probably file under the category of, you knew it was only a matter of time. And that's how I'll begin. You know it was only a matter of time after we made a very concerted and conscious effort as a culture to remove God from schools and other public places. You knew it was only a matter of time that that void would be filled by something else. And indeed it has. Indeed it will be. A school district in uh, Loudonville is in a very, very difficult situation right now. Or excuse me, I don't know why I said Loudonville. It's in Lebanon. I had an L word in my head and I totally flaked. It's in Lebanon. It's Donovan Elementary School in that district in Lebanon, Ohio that is now apparently going to be hosting an after-school club for kids. An after-school club. Sounds like fun, right? Good. A lot of parents can't get out, by the way, of work and go pick up their kids right after school lets out because they work until 4 or 5, school lets out at 2.30. They should be after-school programs and clubs for kids. That's great. This one might not be one that you want to send your child to. It's called the After School Satan Club. And it's not a it's not a parody. It's not a joke. It is real. Um I'm looking at the introductory slash invitational brochure that the Satanic Temple After School Satan Club has distributed apparently to students in this school in uh Lebanon. <clears throat> 
<clears throat> now, I can only give you my best description of the imagery here. They have little cartoon drawings of Satan in, in a suit. I mean, he's got his pointy beard, he's got his horns, but he's also got a little graduation cap on and a suit, and he's drawn in a caricature way to look fun. He's got a smile on his face. The pet of the Satan, of Satan, as you probably know, is the goat. They have a cute little cartoon goat with goggles on doing a science experiment in a chemistry lab with a big smile on his face. Hey, kids, it reads at the top. Let's have fun at after-school Satan Club. Science projects, puzzles and games, arts and craft projects, nature activities. Parents, your child will learn benevolence and empathy from Satan. Critical thinking, problem solving, creative expression, personal sovereignty. After-school Satan clubs are taught by volunteer teachers who have passed criminal background checks. Well, that's good news. And have been vetted by the Executive Ministry for Professionalism, Social Responsibility, and Superior Communication Skills. The Satanic Temple is a non-theistic religion that views Satan as a mythical figure representing individual freedom. After-school Satan Club does not attempt to convert children into any religious ideology. Instead, the Satanic Temple supports children who think for themselves to think for themselves. All after-school Satan Clubs are based upon a uniform syllabus and emphasizes a scientific, rationalist, non-superstitious worldview. Donovan Elementary School. Dates January 27th, February 24th, March 24th, April 21st. And May 19th, time 3.50 to 5 p.m. So this is a monthly meeting of the After School Satan Club. Who can attend? All children in grades 1 through 5, regardless of religious background. If you thought that indoctrination in schools had reached critical mass with critical race theory, if you thought indoctrination of schools had gone as far as it can go with the LGBTQ Rainbow Mafia agenda, if you thought indoctrination in schools with radical leftist socialist orthodoxy being pumped into your kids' brains was as bad as it could get, welcome to After School Satan Club. This promotes self-directed education by supporting the intellectual and creative interests of students, say the after-school Satanists. Now, before you say, Bob, you've been punked, this isn't real, this is fake, this is just some sort of a, an Internet spoof, uh, let me just clue you in here. I was hoping that would be the case. I really was. Because it would be a pretty funny joke to say, see what they're doing? You know, we've gone so far that we got Satan in the schools now. Um. But it's real. First of all, you can check it out for yourself. The organization is thesatanictemple.com. And you can see right there on that homepage, the After School Satan Club, an after school program promoting self-directed education, supporting the intellectual and creative interests of the students. With their little cartoon drawing of a fun Satan, not an evil, horrific, torturous uh, you know, Satan that we have come to know. But the kids' version, the grades 1 through 5 version. And if you really want some evidence that this is not a spoof, not a joke, and that it's happening in a school in Ohio, in Lebanon City Schools, 
Well, then I would have to point you to the letter written to the school district parents and community members by the superintendent of schools, Isaac Sievers, who lamented that, yes, this is real. Now, despite all of the obvious concerns and the insanity of a satanic club using school property to recruit students into Satanism, this isn't a school-sponsored event. And this was the effort and the um, endeavor of uh, the superintendent here to tell everyone, this isn't a Lebanon City Schools Satan Club. This isn't something that one of our teachers cooked up. This isn't something that uh, we have anything to do with whatsoever, except that we are the property on which this will be done, and we can't control that. Let me read some of this to you. Dated January 20th, so just yesterday. This is legitimate and real and, and current. The district understands the concerns and confusion raised over a certain group that is advertised online for an after-school facility rental. The Satanic Temple After School Satan Club is not a district or school-sponsored event. Lebanon City Schools does not endorse the activities or intent of this group or any other religiously affiliated groups offering after-school activities on our campuses. Lebanon City School District's focus remains on student safety and student achievement. The district has no other involvement in this program except for the approval of the rental of the space. Now, I'll pause there because you're probably thinking the same thing I did when I first read that. Why are you approving the space? Why are you allowing a Satan club to come into where our children learn? You can't do that. Tell them no. The superintendent writes, A local resident and taxpayer of Lebanon City Schools contacted the Satan Temple and requested that they begin a chapter in Lebanon and to start start the after-school club. They completed the required application, the facility use agreement, and provided the necessary documentation and were approved. Lebanon City Schools and the Board of Education have policies and administrative procedures in place which allow for community use of publicly funded facilities outside of the school day. The district does not and is not legally allowed to discriminate against any groups who wish to rent our facilities, including religiously affiliated groups, or in the case of the Satanic Temple, Apparently, that's considered religiously oriented or affiliated, uh, so they can't be discriminated against. The district has approved these types of groups in the past, one example being the Good News Club, which is an after-school evangelism program. The Good News Club has met after school at Donovan Elementary School for years. So I'll pause there again. In the twisted world that we seem to have created for for ourselves, An evangelical Christian club preaching love, forgiveness, and all of the tenets of of Christianity and the the wonders of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, is on the same level, or at least must be treated on the same level, as a satanic temple club, preaching, of course, all of the evil represented by evil incarnate, the fallen angel Satan. If you allow one, you have to allow them both. I don't blame Lebanon City Schools or this superintendent for telling us the reality of the situation. If they cancel one, they have to cancel all. They cannot discriminate. 
I might question whether or not it would be better to cancel all just to avoid having this this issue. Let the evangelical group meet elsewhere so that you can say nobody is using our facilities in order to keep Satan out of our schools. Back to the letter from the superintendent, Isaac Sievers. Across the nation, the Satanic Temple After School Satan Club intends to meet at public schools where Good News Clubs also operate. Either the district's facilities are to be made available to all groups or to no groups, according to a 2001 Supreme Court ruling in favor of the Good News Club, citing if public schools rent their facilities to secular groups, they must also, must also rent to religious groups. Flyers and promotional materials for these types of groups, including the Good News Club and the Satanic Temple Club, are approved for posting for dis- or display only and not for mass distribution. Flyers will not be sent home with students. Students will need signed parental permission to attend this or any other after-school event club. I hope this answers questions you may have and clarifies the position of the Lebanon City School District. Sincerely, Isaac W. Seaver, Superintendent. Now, I realize we're not near Lebanon. Uh, so they probably can't hear us, but I want to hear from you anyway. What can be done? Literally, I want to brainstorm. I want to spitball this. I want to just kind of, you know, throw everything we can at the wall to see what sticks. If there's anything that demands our attention more than a satanic club going into our public school buildings, utilizing an equal use non-discrimination policy. Um, against us, uh, if, if there's anything that says we need to act, anything that we should be more concerned about, I don't know what it is. The, the two things that come to my mind are the school district is going to have to just bite the bullet and say we have no facilities available for rent to anyone. If that's what it takes to keep them out, then we won't rent to anyone. And number two would be they're going to hold their meeting. Let's just make sure that it's empty. How can we reach the parents and keep their kids away from this? I'm curious as to your thoughts. Education has been a hot-button issue this year, last year, particularly since critical race theory and indoctrination of school uh, students, the 1619 Project, the Rainbow Mafia agenda, all of those things going on. been a hot-button trans bathrooms and sports teams. Education has been a huge, huge issue. What are we doing to our kids? Now, Satan has gotten involved, quite literally, through the Satanic Temple After School Club. I want to know what you think. 216-901-0945-888-281-1110. This is Always Right on AM 1420, The Answer. you understand the commander-in-chief uh and uh in libya we should be opening up the the the, the always right with bob france i shouldn't be starting off and negotiating in public here but let me say it this way on am 1420 the answer um how about maybe joe biden if you say it this way true international average pressure i um i i, I don't want this a kind of a clunky transition from the Satan Club and, and public schools in Ohio to uh, to Biden. But uh, this article yesterday just left my jaw on the ground 
and many others as well. There's a journalist, if you can use that word. There's a journalist named uh, Andrew Feinberg. And uh, what exactly does he do? Where does he work? White House, Congress, D.C., Independent, occasionally elsewhere. Okay, I'm just looking at his uh, his uh, uh, little Twitter bio. So he's a White House, con- Congress, D.C., Independent reporter. Okay, fair enough. Andrew Feinberg, this journalist slash reporter, wrote a piece, or wrote a, uh, excuse me, a, uh, a tweet storm yesterday describing Joe Biden as being so articulate and detailed that it can be weaponized by his opponents to make him look addled and weak. Did you did you catch that? Watching at POTUS, he wrote, the one thing that strikes me is that he's articulate and detailed in a way that is completely inappropriate for today's media environment and easily weaponized by his opponents to make him look addled and weak. Or to put it another way, he wrote, he's talking like a print newspaper guy in a TikTok world. It's a speaking style that doesn't work so hot when people have short attention spans and respond best to memes and sound bites. The inability of Biden's comms team to synthesize soundbite-sized slogans, remember bin Laden is dead and GM is alive, and short answers he can give is going to be a problem if they can't learn to do it before the midterms. He wrote this during Biden's two-hour press conference on Wednesday in which he just rambled and stumbled and stammered his way through all kinds of inconsistent and and, and inarticulate uh, policy statements that literally, I mean, the entire country panned. And this guy says, no, 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 you don't understand. He's not dementia-ridden. He's not cognitively in decline. He's so articulate that you can't understand him because you live in a TikTok world. The responses to this were priceless. Andrew finally killed journalism. There cannot be a more insanely delusional take than this. Imagine saying this with a straight face. Dude, he already has a press secretary. Chill. And another, there are a lot of words to describe Biden, but articulate is definitely not one of them. All I know is we have a massive collection of Joe Biden speeches just in this year as president. Forget about his eight years as vice president. Forget about his 35 years before that, or however long it was in the United Senate, United States Senate, filled with gaffes and, and, and all kinds of comedy, uh, comedic errors. Um, for, the, for them to say, no, here's the reason why you don't understand Joe Biden. It's because he's so articulate. He is so articulate and so on point and so detailed that you just can't understand him. And that's why you make fun of him. And my only response to that really can, can be this. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international effort to pressure. A what? Oh, a, a, a what, Joe? True and international effort to pressure. Are you sure? True and international effort to pressure. One more time. True and international effort to pressure. Yeah, that was detailed and articulate, boy. I feel really bad for making fun of this super genius. It's 9.30. Let's take a break for news. Let's come back and talk about China. Or as President Trump would say, China. Matt Dolan is a candidate for Senate. He's talking about China in his first television ad campaign. We'll talk about this Senate race coming up next, AM 1420, The Answer. Welcome back to Always Right with Bob Frantz on AM 1420, The Answer. 
singularly unique talent, an authentic uh, human being in person. He was such a wild character during his heyday, especially with his Bad Out of Hell album, Bad Out of Hell 2, Back Into Hell, Bad Out of Hell 3, you know, making it seem like he was... But he was... Uh, he played a character on stage, but his authenticity really, I mean, truly came through in his music and in his, uh, in his interviews, his interactions with people. Very, very sad to learn of the passing of Meatloaf. Michael Lee Aday. Michael Lee Aday was his real name. Very few people know that. I had to look it up when I heard overnight or heard this morning that he passed away overnight. But uh, rest in peace to one of the great voices of our time, of, of my time growing up. How that man is not in the, in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I still do not understand. There are acts in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame that have me scratching my head. Meatloaf is not one of them, and that is something I do not understand. But if you did not hear Meatloaf passed away, apparently overnight, news broke this morning, and uh, obviously prayers and uh, condolences to his family and, of course, all of his fans, of which I do indeed count myself one. 937, thanks for being with us on AM 1420, The Answer. Uh, Matt Dolan was one of the later entries into the Republican primary field for the Senate job being vacated by Rob Portman. But he has been building his ground game, and now he is going to the air. Literally, his first uh, TV ad campaign has been released. We are in a Cold War, this time with China. And it's not just being fought on factory floors, because China wants to dominate the world economically and militarily. Washington has caused this, and Joe Biden's weakness makes it even worse. My priority in the U.S. Senate is to defeat communist China by bringing back our jobs and renewing our strength in the world. Our economic and national security depend on it. I'm Matt Dolan, and I approve this message. So current Ohio senator wants to be United States senator from Ohio. Matt Dolan joins us now on AM 1420, The Answer. Mr. Dolan, good morning. How are you, sir? Hey, good morning, Bob. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Were you a Meatloaf fan, first of all? I, I was just going to say. Well, first of all, we're showing our age. Uh, and <laughs> That's true. Second of all, I, I, I uh, c- agree completely with his authenticity and his showmanship. But I love any musical act that can actually produce a song that lasts more than three minutes. And if you're a Meatloaf fan, you know that th- those songs went on for eight, nine minutes, and the energy just build and. The character on stage, you know, you just, he was living his words in his songs. Uh, it, yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's too bad. We we don't, we don't have acts like that much anymore. No, you don't. He he is a legend. I don't think he'll ever be duplicated. There may be others who try, but uh, but uh, yeah, he was he was one of a kind. Very very sad uh, story today for all music fans. Not only he was an actor too. He's in a lot of movies you probably recognize. Yeah. Uh, you know, Fight Club among them. But uh, but yeah, uh, gonna be leave a big hole in our in our musical uh, culture uh, with the loss of Meatloaf. Okay, let's uh, let's get into uh, first of all your first ad. You decide to take to the airwaves. Not and it's interesting as I look at your website, Dolan for Ohio. Uh, dot com. Uh, 
you know, you make a big deal out of saying, hey, this has got to be about Ohio first. This has got to be about Ohio. And I'm assuming you're kind of throwing a little shade at the other candidates in this race. They're talking more about national issues. You want to make Ohio, Ohio, Ohio the focus here, which I don't have any problem with at all. Uh, but your first ad is about yep. an, an international issue with China and a Cold War. Can you talk about that and how that came about? Yeah, well, first of all, Bob, I, I respectfully disagree. I mean, uh, first of all, my ad is about Ohio. My ad is about national issues. And my opponents aren't talking about either one of those. They're they're talking about process. They're talking about uh, whether the certification of the election two, two years ago. These I am talking about the issues that impact Ohioans and impact citizens of the United States. And we are at, we truly are in a Cold War. And that is China is creeping slowly, militarily and economically trying to be the leader in the world. You just have to listen to them talk. And we are projecting weakness. Joe Biden is the first full year has been nothing but a weak president. He's been weak economically, inflation. We no longer energy independent. Uh, he, he cut off the Keystone pipeline. I mean, the first act he does that says, we're no longer going to be energy independent. It's crazy. But now it's now it's not just an opportunity for us as Republicans, Bob, but it is a serious threat to our country, the way that he is being uh, uh, ruling our country. We, we've got to get back to strength in America. And, hey, look, it's not just an ad for me. You know, I work every day to make sure Ohio and America is strong. And today's a, a big day for Ohio. It's a big day for the United States because, Legislation I worked on. I worked on with the administration. We got it into the budget. Today at 2.30, we're going to announce the largest economic development package in Ohio's history when Intel brings semiconductors here. Why that is so important to me is because that's a direct hit on China. We're China. We are not going to be dependent on you anymore for our chips. So our auto manufacturer, you know, our refrigerator, our Whirlpool, uh, they they all can start building again. They all can start supplying, and it's all going to be made here in America because of the investment we're making. So, you know, Bob, Ohio, China is about Ohio. You know, our national security is at play. If we do, if we're weak, think about what Biden said the other day. Oh, it's okay if if the country if Russia just you know kind of minorly just invades another country, we may look the other way. You don't think Chairman Xi of the Communist China Party is paying attention to that? You don't think Putin's paying attention to that? You don't think our allies are going, well, we can't depend on America anymore? That, that, that is wrong. And I never, ever want the Chinese Communist chairman, I don't know if you saw this the other day, point to America and say, look how dysfunctional they are. Look how dysfunctional democracy is. That is wrong. So it's, it is an opportunity for us as Republicans to take back majority. It's an opportunity for us to lead again, but it is about the safety and welfare of our country that's at stake. Yeah, I don't disagree with any of that. It is. Um, uh, Joe Biden's you know, foot and mouth disease is legendary, obviously. he went. Uh, his press secretary took to the stage or took to the podium immediately after all of that and said, he didn't mean it, he didn't mean it. Kamala Harris goes on right. NBC, no, no, it's going to be a high cost if they do any invasion of any kind. Um but but that that's not where uh, that's not where I'm like kind of coming from here. Uh, I agree with you. I don't necessarily think we want to be uh, trying to intimidate anybody. Uh, but you know we're going to send based on B- Biden's recent history in abandoning our our uh, 
citizens, abandoning those, many of those who helped us in Afghanistan, who were translators, uh, who served as, uh, you know, in, in a great way to, to help us as we tried to battle the Taliban and stop the Taliban and try to, uh, protect American interests. You know, he left, what was the number? It was $85 billion, I think, was, uh, worth of, of American military equipment. $85 billion military equipment, uh, uh, um, uh, transport vehicles and so on and so forth that they now have. And now we're talking about sending some $65 million worth of military equipment to the Ukraine, to Ukraine in order to help them fight off a potential invasion by Russia. Do you have confidence in any of the decisions that are being made internationally with respect to war, with respect to uh, diplomacy or a combination of the two? Because I don't think Joe Biden knows what he's doing. No. Well, uh, Bob, amen. I, I agree completely with you. No, I, I have no confidence. I, I agree with your sentiment on U- U- Ukraine. I don't even think... You know, economic sanctions are important. They're hugely important, but we got to do it right. We got to do it the way Trump did it. You go after the oligarchs. You freeze bank accounts all over the world from the richest folks in Russia who are actually running that country. That will get Russia's attention. Because they don't care. That that would be preemptive. And I I agree with you. That would be preemptive. And there was a reporter who asked, uh, yesterday, uh, of, of Joe Biden, um, hey, why are you waiting for Putin to make the first move before you do anything in a reactionary way? And he was caught. He probably didn't think his mic was hot enough for anybody to hear it, but he said, what a stupid question. It's not a stupid question. It's a very good question. Why don't you go ahead and throw the sanctions onto Putin now for just amassing the troops at the Ukrainian border and tell him it gets worse from here if you take one step over it? Yeah, and again, you got to hit Putin where he's paying attention, and that's his money and his money guys. And Trump understood that, and that's, that's how you go after him. Look, you also have to make sure, to your point of Afghanistan, that we are the leaders. What also bothered me about uh, his his discussion was he said, well, we'll get together with the European allies and we'll, together we'll come up with a uniform uh, response. Uh, no, we are the leading nation in this world, and we need to maintain that. We lead. We, we don't sit down with Italy and decide, hey, what do you guys want to do? We lead. And I, I just, I mean, that press conference was nothing more than an expression of weakness and it's going to be heard around the world, and we are going to pay for it economically. Economically yeah. is where we're going to pay for it. So it does matter to Ohio, to Ohioans. So that ad goes speak directly to Ohioans. And like I said before, we're fighting back. We're fighting back. Let's go back to your ad. Uh, you said we're in a Cold War, a new Cold War. This one is with China, not necessarily with Russia or the former Soviet Union. Uh, as such, if we're in a Cold War, why are our Olympic athletes and delegates in Beijing? Yeah, yeah no, I, th- that's a great question. And, and you know, look, if I want to go to the U.S. Senate. If I were in the U.S. Senate right now, I would have to uh, write a letter to the president and make the very difficult decision that I do not think we should send the United States athletes uh, to Beijing. I don't think we can allow them to have three weeks of a commercial about espousing China and have three weeks of corporate America uh, buying into that. It, it, look, I'm an athlete. I know you're an athlete. I know your kids are, are athletic. It, it would kill me if I worked so hard to be an Olympic a- athlete and it, and you couldn't go. I, I would do that with an extreme heavy heart. Uh, maybe we need to have an Olympic showcase event so the, so the, our country can see these athletes. But this is 
not a time to look to China and say, we are going to join you in any celebration whatsoever. Uh, so I, I, I hate, I'd hate it. I'd hate doing it. I'd feel sick, but it's the, it would be the right thing to do. Let me ask you this. If you were in the United States Senate, we're talking with Ohio Senator Matt Dolan, who is, of course, in this crowded primary field uh, for the Republicans. Uh, it'll be decided in May. If you were in that seat now, would you be moving uh, and sponsoring or promoting legislation to slap economic sanctions on China for their human rights violations? We all know what's going on. We know about the genocide. There are at least a million Uyghur Muslims who are in the concentration camps. Reports coming from first-hand accounts of forced sterilization, forcible rape, execution, and so forth. There's around 5 million uh, uh, Uyghur Muslims in the um, uh, in the nation of China, and they are being systematically wiped out. Um, it, it, it reminds me, quite frankly, of the beginning of what of what happened in 1939. Um, and yet, we have people in the United States saying that's not our concern. Uh, the the minority, uh, not minority, but the co-owner, but he has a minority share in the Golden State Warriors. Uh, said a couple of days ago, I don't care. It's Correct. below my it's below my interest level, below my line of all the things I care about. That's not one of them. Can you imagine somebody saying the same thing in 1939? Ah, I don't really care what they're doing over there to the Jews. Do you know how much money I'm making from Germany? Uh, that's what we're doing yep. here in this country right now. Well, uh, Bob, so you asked me what I would do. Well, I'm already specifically doing, on I, sanctions. I, I do you believe. think we should sanction? Yeah, China no, no, no. For the I, look, I, I'm getting there. So. You know, uh, what I would be doing is supporting Marco Rubio's effort to let the marketplace be the sanction and say, we are not going to buy any product that comes out of that province, anything. So until the, these human rights violations get, get fixed. If that doesn't work, then you move on to the, ne- the next level. You hit China where they, they meet it economically. But, Bob, sanctions against a communist country you got to be careful because they subsidize everything. So they'll just put more money into their own corporation. They won't feel it like we feel it if we because uh, because we're we're a republic. So you got to create new economic allies. You've got to you got to open. You know we need to work harder with India. I don't have time to go over that. But India right now is a is, is a closed market not because they're communists because you know they they have a they don't want to engage in the world. Mm-hmm. That's where you create an economic alliance with India and you start moving, you have relationships with them. China, China shrinks. And when China shrinks, they got a problem. They got 1.3 billion people. And when those folks aren't, aren't able to feed the, their children, they're going to start looking at their own government instead of pointing to our, our government. So yeah, I, I think, I think I would take the Rubio approach. Um, and then we'd have to look at uh, other ways to make sure you, you hurt China economically over a sustained period of time. Two more questions for you, uh, Senator Dolan. Ohio Senator Matt Dolan is my guest. Um, these are kind of off the board here, but they're just issues. For me, anyway, your family's business, of course, has been our treasured Cleveland Indians for generations, uh, as we know, now the Guardians. And there are still a lot of very, very, very angry baseball fans in Cleveland, particularly as we watched uh, the NFL the other night, a playoff game, and, you know, the the Kansas City or no, I think it was their last regular season game, Kansas City Chiefs fans just, whoa, and tomahawk chopping and celebrating their chieftains and so forth. Um 
And we had to give up the name Indians because it's culturally insensitive. Um, did you or the rest of the, the organization, uh, your brother, um, did, did you survey the entirety of the Cleveland Indian fan base or just the very small number of people who said, we don't like that, it offends us? Uh, well, Bob, we were constantly talking to, to our fa- fan base. Um, so I, I think everyone understood in the organization, our family understood. Uh, it, it's a longer conversation. I get it politically, totally get it. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say you, there, there isn't a reason you shouldn't be upset, but I can tell you this was a much bigger and longer-term conversation uh, with, with a, a number of folks. Um, but ultimately, as I said to you before, we, when I wear that hat, we're in the business of baseball. And our responsibility is to put a championship team on the field and to make sure you have a fun fan experience. And any time our general manager, our players, our potential free agents, or our front office is talking about issues other than that, we're not fulfilling our mission to bring a World Series champion to Cleveland. So yeah, I get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, but two but two things. You you know as 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 a you know a part owner or your family being in the ownership of the Indians and and of course as a politician and and as a senator you you have to understand and I think you should address um the you you saw the surveys, you know if you said you talked to a lot all of the fans it was overwhelming. Everybody wanted to keep the Indians. There may be some who accept the Guardians going forward, but it was overwhelming. And as a conservative, yeah. like me, and conservatives all over Ohio who are Indians fans, we don't like cancel culture. We don't like being forced into doing something we don't want to do because somebody said, that's not PC, that offends me, I want that to go away, or we're going to cancel you. The Indians caved into cancel culture. That's how many of us feel. How do you respond to that? Yeah, well, look, on the surface, I, I understand that's, that's what, in the political world, that's what you'd say, because the timing of when it happened, uh, we, you know, we bad politically. But I'm telling you, Bob, this was a multi-year conversation with lots of people. And you're, let me just tell you one issue with the Chiefs. You know, we dealt with the Native Americans, and, you know, really my mom spent a lot of time on the reservations in Arizona and talking to the Indian groups here in Ohio, the Native American groups. And let me just give you the Reader's Digest version. They weren't offended by the name Indian, but it also didn't mean anything to them either because they consider themselves American, and then they identify themselves as Cherokee or Huron or Apache. Sure. And that's how they identify themselves. So they, we weren't honoring them in any way. They, they just think, well, that's the name the white folks gave us. So Chiefs, Braves, uh, Seminoles, Blackhawks, those are names that uh, have a unique part of their culture and are, are real names that they recognize. So uh, that, that wasn't the main reason, but you, you want to talk about why some names make it, some names don't, you know, but look, yeah, but, but 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 the point that I'm trying to make here is 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 yeah. I think I think as a business owner, one would think you want to listen to your 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 fans, your cl- customers, your clients, if you will. And you know the the comparison, of course, would be if you're in the United States Senate, are you going to listen to the majority of your constituents and do what they want you to do, uh, or or do what a minority of people want you to do because it might be more politically correct? That's my concern. Well. Well, Bob, and that's a fair question. Now, unlike anyone else in this race, you can go to my record as a public servant, in addition to my private sector record. You can go there and say, did I deliver? Did I, did I produce conservative results? 
that I campaign on issues like lessening taxes, and as a result of my leadership, 48% reduction in taxes since I've been in the legislature. So, yeah, that's fair game. But I deliver as a, uh, in terms of what I run on and what I work on, and what my, my singular focus is to make Ohio and the United States the greatest country, greatest state inside that country, to make our economics strong. Yeah. Yeah. So and, I, and I respect that look, goal, and I respect that record. mission. Yeah. No. That's and that's fine. I want to ask you one last thing before you go today, because today starts the National March for Life in Washington D.C. This is a big deal for conservatives. You're running for a seat held by Rob Portman. That, to be quite frank, um, you know, Rob is is a great person. I do truly believe. I think for a lot of people, he's not conservative enough. Uh, he's he's been more rhino Republican light than he has been Republican on a lot of issues. And we're looking for a real conservative to replace him now that he is retiring. Uh, so I look to the issue of abortion. I look to the issue of today's March for Life, which is co- convenient and con- uh, that you're on with me today. You were one of only four Republican senators to vote against the heartbeat bill. Um, which, of course, protects uh, uh, unborn children uh, when their heartbeat is detected. Are you going to be pro-life if you sit in the, in the uh, United States Senate representing the people of Ohio? Bob, I, I am pro-life. I have worked on and voted for 13 pro-life bills in my time in the legislature. All of those bills that I voted for and worked on became law, survived liberal challenges of the court, and have done what we all wanted to do. It's reduced abortion by 40%. You have to focus on what works. Tomorrow, I'm going to be down in Knox County, I think, on their march to life. I am pro-life, and I don't, I, I don't back down from that at all. And there isn't a just, just just because I haven't in, heard a statement from you on this doesn't mean you didn't make one. I just don't know what you said after the fact. But can you explain super briefly what your reason for not voting for the heartbeat bill was then? Yeah, because, it's one, it's not constitutional, and the reason it's not constitutional is because the court based Roe versus Wade uh, on, um, uh, um, um, but, you know, when, when a pregnancy can, when, when a baby can live outside their mother. So that, that right there is an issue of privacy, an issue of freedom. It's not what I believe religiously, but I knew that that was going to be struck down by the court. It has been struck down everywhere by the court, so that bill has not affected. So, the so, so, on that, so, so, you, 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 we you, you based your vote on, not on, on you based your vote not on what you thought was right, but what you thought the courts would do. Uh, yeah, because what we need to do is end abortion and 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 constantly putting bills up that get struck down right away is not moving us towards our goal. Finally, in Ohio, people don't realize this when I tell them it's twenty weeks. 20 weeks. Finally, I think Mississippi is the one, or Louisiana, said 15 weeks. 20 weeks never got challenged by Planned Parenthood. 15 weeks finally did. That's the case we need to take to Supreme Court. That's what uh, we're, we're going to get a ruling on shortly. Because of Trump's appointment, if I were in the okay. Senate, those same judges would have been appointed. And now we're going to get a ruling that's probably going to push it back to the state, and we can make our decision here in Ohio. Well, uh, that's the best we can hope for right now. Look, no question about that. Well, yeah, uh, Bob, I appreciate. Yeah, following I, I, the Constitution yeah. is not is not a, when it's best suited. You have to follow it every day. 
Yeah, but that's not for a legislator to decide. That's for the court to decide. The legislator should vote on what they think is the right thing and then let the court decide what, what's constitutional. That's my opinion. By the way, it was signed into law by the governor, and the heartbeat bill did make it through. It's just that it should have made it through unanimously with Republican support, but it didn't. Uh, you know, and Like I said, I think legislators ought to legislate and let judges judge. That's just my opinion. Well, then the uh, Democrats could get rid of the Second Amendment and just say, oh, we'll let the court decide. Well, you know what? I mean, That's what many of them are trying to do. And you know what? Most of them aren't voting just on what they think the ju- the Supreme Court will do. If they, if there's a if there's gun control laws that come up, they're voting for gun control. And if that gets struck well, down by the courts, get, then they fight another day. We don't get the majority back. We don't get the White House back. That's what we're probably looking for. Yeah, well, you're you're right about that, and that is that's one of the reasons why we got to fight so hard to get it back in November. Uh, Senator Matt Dolan, uh, also candidate Matt Dolan, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it. Have a great day. Thanks, Bob. Appreciate you too. Uh, it's ten o'clock. We obviously blew past our breaks. So we're going to have to catch up here on the other side. Stay here. Always right. AM fourteen twenty. The answer. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.